0: Amen, amen. Please be seated. Buzzers, you can head on out now for your Buzz program. Switch, you're staying in with us, high schoolers, for the anniversary. Can we encourage our young ones as they head on out to switch this morning, to to Buzz this morning, I should say. Well, it's so good to be sharing with you on our anniversary service and on this occasion too for David's ordination. To those joining us online, really special welcome to you as well. I've been praying around a verse to share um, for, for Dave and Raquel today, but also for us as a church on our anniversary. And the word um, that God has put on my heart, it's actually a verse of scripture, comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 24, which says this It says, The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And I love how this verse starts. It starts by saying, The one who calls you. It's incredible, isn't it, to think that um, God, the creator of the universe, would call upon us, would call to us. Uh, not too long ago, I heard the story of a pastor who um, got a kitten for his kids, and the kids were just loved the, having this little kitten in their house, but the little kitten got stuck up in a tree in their front yard. It climbed up this tree, got stuck very high up, and whatever the pastor tried to do, he could not get this kitten down. It was really stuck up in the branches up there. So he came up with this idea. He thought, what if I tie a rope to the tree And then I'll tie the rope, the other end of the rope to my car, and I'll just slowly drive and get the tree to sort of, you know, bend down a little bit further. And then we can rescue the kitten. And um, so he did this. He tied the rope to the tree, tied the rope to the car, slowly began to move. And amazingly, the the tree was bending down. The kids were cheering him on. This was amazing. They're going to be able to rescue this kitten. But just when it looked like everything was okay, just like that, the rope snapped And the tree, as you can imagine, went flying back up. And the poor little kitten went flying through the air, like took off. And the pastor's like, what have I done? The kids were distraught. And they looked everywhere for this little kitten, but they could not find where this kitten went, where it ended up after flying through the air. About a week later, the pastor was visiting someone from his congregation. And uh, he knocked on the door. And uh, the person, the lady opened the door. And as she opened the door, this little kitten wandered out of her house and he recognised the kitten as his kitten, but he didn't want to accuse her of anything. And so he said, oh, that's a nice little kitten you've got there. How long have you had that kitten for? And the lady said, well, you will not believe it, pastor. I've got to tell you this story. He said, I was, my little son, Johnny, was praying, was, was um, asking for a cat, was asking for a cat, would not stop asking me for a little kitten. And I was over it, I was over it. So one day, finally, we're in the backyard and I said to Johnny, I said, Johnny, look, I'm tired of this. What we're going to do is, you're going to pray to God, right? And if God gives you a kitten, he gives you one. Otherwise, that's the end of it. We're not going to talk about this anymore. And Johnny said, sounds good to me. Let's, let's do that. And so she said, we knelt in the backyard and we prayed. And Johnny prayed his heart out. Lord, I really want a kitten. Would you give me a kitten? At the end of the prayer, she said, we opened our eyes and you wouldn't believe it. There was a kitten <laughs> right in front of us. So the pastor went home to his kids and said, kids, we're buying a new kitten. Uh, we're not going to... T- We're going to get a new one, Um, but it's true, isn't it? We're familiar with the idea of praying to God and asking him for help. We're quite familiar with that, but what I love about this verse this morning is that it reminds us of an even more amazing truth, and that is that before we could even think about calling out to God for help, calling out to him in prayer, before we could even think about that, God was already thinking about us. And not only was he thinking about us or thinking about you, but he was calling each of us by name. It's an incredible thought the creator of the universe would do this. Isaiah 43 says, but now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Incredible truth that God, the Creator, would call each of us by name. Many years ago now, before we had kids, Andrea and I um, had a holiday overseas. Um, and it was actually, in fact, it was the year that we started here at the church. And we were over in uh, traveling around overseas the other side of the world. We're at the Eiffel Tower at Paris, and there is this just thousands of thousands of people uh, un, underneath and around that, that region of the bottom of the Eiffel Tower. And you feel very um, isolated or very insignificant. Here you are on the other side of the world in a crowd of thousands and thousands of people, speaking all different languages on your own. You can feel very insignificant in that crowd. And then uh, we th- I thought that I could hear our names being called very faintly. You know, Nathan and Andrea, and I'm thinking, surely not. Like, we're on the other side of the world. There's no way. Um, but again, I heard someone um, that sounded like they were calling our name. And I began to look around, and there in the ca- crowd coming towards us were some friends of ours from little old Brisbane, Australia, from our church there. And, and it, we had this amazing connection moment. That As it turned out, here they were of all times uh, amongst the thousands of people somehow spotted us and we had this little moment together um, there at the Eiffel Tower. But in that crowd, to have your name, I've never forgotten there's something powerful about someone in that crowd knowing us and calling us by name. And it's the same for us as well. We live in a world where there are 8 billion people. That's a big crowd of people, isn't it? It's easy when you think about that to think, well, well, who am I? I'm not very significant. What's my value and worth? I'm just one among eight billion people. Does my life really matter? Um, The brilliant cosmologist Stephen Hawking took this thought to the next level. I've I've mentioned um, this quote before from him. He says this. He says, we are such insignificant creatures on a minor planet of a very average star in the outer suburbs of one of 100,000 million galaxies. So he says, it's difficult to believe in a God that would care about us or even notice our existence. And I can totally understand um, Hawking's thinking like this. It, it, you know, you, it's, it's natural when you think eight billion people is just a tiny speck in the universe. Why would our life have any significance or meaning or purpose? But the amazing truth of the Christian faith is that the all-powerful creator who spoke and the universe was not only notices you and me, but calls us by name. Isn't that incredible? Calls us. In Luke 19, we read the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Um, Zacchaeus, being a t- tax collector in his um community there would have been ostracized rejected people wouldn't have wanted to associate with him at all he heard that Jesus was coming to his town and so many of you know the story well Zacchaeus he climbs the tree to hope that he might at least just get a glimpse of Jesus but as Jesus comes along he actually stops right underneath the tree that Zacchaeus is, is, has climbed up and is hiding in. And not only does he stop under the tree, he looks up, the scripture says, and he calls Zacchaeus by name. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to come to your house today. And I'm sure Zacchaeus is thinking to himself, how on earth does this guy know who I am? How does he know my name? And part of him is probably thinking, this is really weird. But there's another part of him, we actually, in fact, we can see it in the story, the part of him is going, this is amazing. That he would know me, that he would want to come to my place. Because we read that he got down immediately when Jesus called him. This powerful, powerful truth that the one who created us, that he he longs um, for us to be known by him personally, for us to be in relationship with, with him. And often he, he's always calling to us to us. Often it's just that still small voice. Sometimes it's just that gentle prompting or that longing within our heart for something more that we know is there. And that is God calling to us, the one who created us and knit us together. Revelations 3.20, we read Jesus putting it like this. He says, here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. This picture highlights so well the Christian faith. It's not about religion. It's not about a list of rules of things we need to do. It is about a relationship with our Creator, a relationship with the one who has come to redeem and to save us. So firstly, this call, the one who calls us, that call is a call to a personal relationship with himself. And secondly, that faith, every one of us receives a calling. We've been talking a lot about this as a church more recently. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus, that moment we come to faith, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We have been um, called uniquely, gifted uniquely. The experiences of our journey, all uniquely given to us by God so that we can be part of his eternal plans and purposes to see more and more, discover the hope and the healing that comes from him alone. And I want to tell you, there is no greater joy in this life than serving him and being part of this kingdom plan that he is unfolding. I know for some of us, we think, well, yeah, okay, God, maybe he's calling me, but I'm not gifted enough. I'm not spiritual enough. If you just knew my my week this last week, there's no way God could use me. I don't know the Bible well enough. I'm not confident enough. I'm too young or I'm too old. God, there's no way I could do what you're asking me to do. But there is a great quote that says this, God doesn't call the prepared, he prepares the called. Isn't that true? Often we can hide from God's call because we're thinking, well, God, I can't do what you asked me to do. But we need to remember that he doesn't call the prepared. He prepares those that he calls. He equips them. And so we can have great confidence that when God calls us, that he will give us all we need. And that is an encouragement for for David this morning, for Raquel this morning as well. So first we're called in a relationship with him, then we're called to serve him. And the verse continues, the one who calls you is faithful. Praise God for his faithfulness to us. I heard the story from our Sunday Buzz leaders recently about a, a, a talk that they were doing. I think it was Katie who was doing the talk and she asked the kids, has anyone ever had an experience of someone breaking a promise to them? And this one little girl shot her hand up straight away, quite eagerly, and so Katie asked the girl to share her story. She said, well, my dad, he always says to me that if I will scratch his head, he will give me $2. And so I do that, but he never gives me the $2. I never end up getting the $2. Little confession, that happened to be my little daughter who put her hand up, (laughs) keeping us very humble, and I've made sure I've got to make retribution there. Um, But thankfully... God is not like us. Thankfully, he's not like us. I love this passage. Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. Just a beautiful verse in the Bible. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And God's faithfulness means that he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It means that he is always true to his word. His faithfulness means that he is completely dependable and that he will always keep his promise. This is what it means, God's faithfulness means. One theologian put it like this, God's faithfulness means that God will always do what he said and fulfill what he has promised. But God's faithfulness doesn't mean that this life is is all smooth sailing without trials or trouble or heartache and pain. Sometimes we can go through deep trials and times of heartache and sorrow and think, well, God, you haven't been faithful to me. God, if you are faithful to me, you would never have allowed me to go through this experience or this situation. You would not have allowed me to have this health battle. You wouldn't have allowed me to go through this relationship breakdown or experience this grief or loss that I've had to endure. But the Bible is clear that because of the sin in our world, the brokenness of our world, we will all face troubles and trials in this life, every single one of us. It's the nature of our broken world. So God's faithfulness doesn't mean a life without trials or trouble or heartache, but what God's faithfulness means, what it does mean, is that in the midst of those trials, he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, he will be near to us, he will help us, he will carry us even through those times, and he will always work for our good, even when we can't see it. Always working for our good. I just love um, Lucas's testimony this morning is so powerful, and he spoke to this so clearly. Um, He had no idea what I was preaching on, but just listen again, just to the last part of his testimony, what Lucas spoke to. He's a 16-year-old young man, just powerful to hear these words, but this is what he said There's very little way in how I can rationalise some of the things that have happened in my life apart from pointing to God. And this recovery was one of them. For me in this time, as well as through my recovery, a Bible verse that really stood out to me was 2 Thessalonians 3.3, which says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. The verse helped me know that I was protected and loved and understand God's presence around me as well as understand who I am before him. And how much he cares for me. This experience has also helped reveal who God is to me, especially through what he has done for me, sending his son Jesus to die for me so that I can be forgiven and have a relationship with him. And then he says these words from a 16 year old young man We can so often easily talk about God's faithfulness without really understanding the full depth of how much he loves us, despite the many times we choose to reject him. Yet this experience has shown me how God is faithful, even when I tried to seek out help from other sources, that he does love us and has the power to heal and help according to his plan. Isn't that powerful? From a young man who's experienced this through some of the sufferings and trials of this life. Praise God for his faithfulness. The one who calls you is faithful. And then finally the last part of this verse, the one who calls you is faithful and he We'll do it. Some years ago now, not long after stepping into um, the role as senior pastor here at Bridgman, I remember having a holiday um, up at Malulabar, and it was one of those really needed holidays. So it was a time where I was like, God, I just need, I need some refreshment, I need some renewal, I need your help. And early mon- one morning, going down to the beachfront there at Malulabar just to spend some time praying and seeking God. And so I was sitting there looking out, there were two boats that were coming out of the harbour at Mooloolabaugh. At the same time, one was this big powerboat, you know, one of those really big cruising powerboats, and it was coming out. You could see the power of the engines, the water churned up behind it, punching out through the waves. At the same time, there was a big yacht coming out that was, had its sails up and was under, under sail, and it was sort of gliding out at the same time. And I remember looking at these boats and sensing God speak to me very clearly and saying to me, Nathan, there are two ways you can do the journey of life and ministry. One is under your own power, like that powerboat, but he said eventually the fuel your fuel is going to run out. Eventually you're not going to have enough in the tank. You can go well for a while, you can go really well, but eventually it's going to run out. Or you can be like that sailboat where you set the sail and allow the wind of the Holy Spirit, my power to come and to lead you and direct and to guide. And in that moment, my mind went straight to the passage in Zechariah 4.6, which says this, not by might, Nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. This is what this passage is talking about. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. We can't do it. We don't have what it takes to walk the Christian life, to do the journey of life in general. We need a help beyond ourselves. John Stott is a speaker, preacher, Bible teacher from the UK, and he shares a story from 1958 where he came out to Australia to speak at some different university campuses as an outreach and he'd been doing a series of meetings and he came to the final meeting and he received word just before he was due to speak that his father had passed away back in the UK, so you can imagine the grief that brought to him, but added to that he had come down rather suddenly with an illness where he was losing his voice, he could barely speak and he wasn't sure what to do but there wasn't enough time, the meeting was about to start, there was no one else he could get to jump in at such short notice. and so. Late that afternoon, just before he spoke, he gathered some of the students around him and he asked one of the students to read to him, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 and 9, which says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And then he asked the students, would you pray over me and ask that this passage would be true for me tonight as I give this final address? And Stott says, when it came time to finally get up and to speak, he said, my voice was so so hoarse, so um, I was losing it so badly that I had to get within an inch of the microphone. And even then, uh, all I could do was sort of croak out um, what I was sharing, the good news of, of Jesus coming to, to save us. And he said, I couldn't move, I couldn't exert my personality, I didn't have any inflections in my voice. He said, it was just like this monotone, very weak, speaking out this message. But then when it came time to give the invitation for people who wanted to say yes to this call, of God in their lives to say yes to Jesus. He said the response was greater than any of the other meetings he has held that whole time in Australia. People came flocking forward. He said, since that time in 1958, I've been out to Australia a number of times. He said, every time I come, I have at least one person come up to me and say, do you remember that meeting in that great hall at that university campus? And he's like, I remember all right. He said, well, that night I came to faith. I put my trust in Jesus. He said, every time I come, someone comes and speaks to me and stott concludes he said the holy spirit takes our human words spoken in great weakness and frailty and he carries them home with power to the mind the heart the conscience, and the will of hearers in such a way that they see and believe and it's true david's testimony is the same once upon a time could not even talk in front of a class and yet when god comes upon us he enables us I came across this quote recently that says, there are no do-it-yourself jobs in the Christian life. We need the assistance of the Father who knows us, the Saviour who intercedes for us, and the Holy Spirit who empowers us. How true that is. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. We can't, but he will. This is such a powerful truth for us to take hold of wherever we are on the journey of life and faith, this morning, If you're here today and you're feeling overwhelmed by the trials um, of, of this life, the circumstances of life that you find yourself in, feeling discouraged and weighed down, then take hold of this truth this morning, that God's calling to you. He's so much nearer than you may realize. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it if you'll come to him and ask for his help. For others here this morning, perhaps God has given you a promise somewhere along your journey with him Um, but that promise seems to be taking a long time to come to fulfilment and you're beginning to question God. God, are you going to answer that prayer? Are you going to move in that situation? God, was it really you or was I just hearing things? Was that you? Well, I want you to hear this word this morning from God for you. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Hold on, keep praying with faith. The one who promises, he will fulfil every one of his promises to you. Or perhaps... Um, this morning, you're sensing God's call in your life to serve him in some particular way, on your front line, to invite someone to read the Bible with you, just to step in um, to some ministry, some, some way in which you've known God's been calling you, but you've been sort of pushing it off, saying, "Oh, well, I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not holy enough. I'm not gifted enough. I don't have what it takes. And you're hiding from God's call. This morning, I really want to encourage you to say, God, here I am, remembering. That God doesn't call the prepared, he prepares the call. All you have to do is say, hey God, here I am, I'm available. Take that little step of faith and then watch him come and work in your situation, in your life, in your circumstance and experience the joy, the incredible joy of following him and serving him as part of his kingdom plans and purposes to bring hope and healing to our community and world. In May 2002, Leonardo Diaz was mountain climbing in the um, Andes, in the mountains in Andes. He was with some friends, quite experienced mountain climbers. And they were climbing one particular peak, the Nevado del Ruiz, which is a volcanic peak high up in the Andes. And everything was going really well in this climb until day two a blizzard came in and Diaz actually got separated from his friends. And at first he wasn't too worried about it, he was experienced, he had supplies in um, in his pack with him to last him a little while. Um, he even had a, a, a phone, a mobile phone with him in his bag, but he'd run out of um, minutes, like um, credit minutes on his phone, so he couldn't call anyone. But he wasn't too worried. He thought this would be fine. But as the time went on, he could sense hypothermia beginning to set in. He was running out of food. And he actually got to the point where he went, well, this is it. I'm going to die up here. This is, this is it. And he, he'd sort of resigned himself to that fact and was lying there in this freezing snow, just waiting for his body to give up. In that moment, his mobile phone in his pack begins ringing. It's a telemarketer ringing him, believe it or not, true story. His phone company, a telemarketer from his phone company rang him to see if he would happen to like some extra minutes on his phone. <laughs> Diaz could not believe it. It's a true account. Maria, um, who was the, the um, person calling, um, said we called him to remind him his phone was out of out of minutes. And he said, back to me, he said, that was the work of an angel because he was lost in the Andes, he said. And Maria on the phone could tell that hypothermia was setting in because of his, the way he was speaking, his breath. And um, Dia said, would you please tell my family, would you please raise the alarm that I'm, I'm high up in the mountains here? And she said, of course, of course we will. And she kept ringing him every 30 minutes just to check that he was going okay, to encourage him, to give him hope. And seven hours later, um, a rescue team was able to come and to rescue him. Incredible, incredible story. But what ordinarily might have been perceived as a, a nuisance call from a telemarketer happened to be the call that saved his life. You know, I'm convinced that until we come to Jesus, we can often sense that God's call calling our hearts. Sometimes it can be like a bit of a nuisance call for us. Sometimes we think, God, I'm too busy right now. Um, God, I've got other things I'm on about. I don't have time for you right now. It feels like an inconvenience sometimes, God's call to us. And we can, we can reject the call, can't we? We can easily just say, no, I'm not interested at the moment. Like Diaz, the reality is that every single one of us need rescuing, whether we realize it or not. We're all in that place where without God's help, without him coming near, without him saving us, we're all like Diaz on that mountain, lost for eternity without without Jesus. But the good news is, is that our heavenly Father, your heavenly Father, is calling you by name. He's calling to you by name. We sense that, just like Zacchaeus. Sometimes we think, "Is that you, God? Is it not?" But it is Him calling. To us, those moments where we hear that soft, still voice, that moment we look up at the sky at night and we go, Surely there's something more. That moment we're deep within our heart, we long there, surely there is something more than this. That is your Heavenly Father calling to you by name, saying, Come, come into relationship with me. He longs to guide us and help us. We cannot do the journey of life alone. We need His help. And the good news is this that you don't need anything to do anything. Except to answer that call that's all you need to do you don't need to clean your life up first you don't need to get your life together you don't need to prove yourself to God or others in some ways all you need to do is say yes to the call of God that's it the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it we can't do it we can't save ourselves we can't rescue ourselves all we need to do is say yes God yes Jesus And open the door of our hearts to him and say, Jesus, come in, come into my life. Come, help me, fill me, lead me into your plans and purposes for my life. When it comes to saving faith in Jesus, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. This is the good news of the gospel. It's the best news in all the world. And so as we close, we're going to just bow in prayer, give thanks to God and ask him, just to continue to speak to us, even now in these moments, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible truth, that you, the creator of everything, would know us, but not only know us, but call to each of us by name this morning. And just now, as we're bowed in prayer, Lord, I wanna pray for those who you are calling to this morning. I know you are by your Holy Spirit. You're just calling people by name calling them and they sense it deep within their heart it's that nudge of your holy spirit that still small voice and if that's you this morning you know you're here and you're going yeah i know god's been calling you maybe you've been sort of trying to ignore that call trying to push it off this morning as we're bowing in prayer i want to give you an opportunity just to answer that call you don't even have to have all your questions answered you don't have to have all the everything sorted out all you simply need to do this morning is just say yes to the call of god Say, so, yes, God, here I am, just like Zacchaeus. Here I am. He wants to come, come into your life. He's knocking on that door. He just wants us to open the door of our heart for him. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to pray a simple prayer now in these moments. Just a prayer to say yes, Jesus, yes to you, and open the door of your heart. And you just make this prayer your own, your heart and your mind this morning there's a moment of saying yes to him. You make this your own prayer this morning. Just follow along in your heart and your mind as I pray this now. Lord Jesus, I hear your call to me this morning. And I want to say yes to that call. I want to open my heart to you. I want to ask you to come in, to live within me, to lead me, to guide me, to direct me. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit, your very presence. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for when I've sought to live life my own way apart from you. But I come to you this morning in repentance and faith and say, Jesus, come, come, live within me, lead me. I give my life to you now. Lord, I want to pray for those who've prayed that prayer this morning in their heart that even now in these moments, you'd fill them with a tremendous peace, Lord knowing, that you have them, Lord, that you're with them, that you're dwelling within them by your Holy Spirit, the joy that comes from knowing that our eternal future is secure in you. Just your love wrapping around these ones right now, I pray. Lord, for others of us here this morning too, who you're calling to, for some we are in the midst of the really difficult trials and challenges of life, Lord, we just cry out to you and say, Lord, we're trusting you, we're looking to you, your faithfulness, your goodness. That you will do it for those of promises lord that you've spoken to us in the past and we begin to question god where are you in that lord we affirm this truth the one who calls is faithful that you will do it lord we hold on to those promises we keep praying with faith this morning and for those you're calling out in a special way to serve you in some way on their front lines to reach out to a friend read the bible with someone whatever it might be step into some ministry role but some that you're calling in and you know it this morning in your heart, then just say yes to God to that call. And say, God, here I am. I'm available. I'm nervous. I'm fearful. But, Lord, here I am. Just say yes to him this morning, taking those little steps of faith. And so, Lord, thank you. You're such a good God. We just want to worship you now and praise you for your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your kindness you pour out upon us. We pray this for us as your people here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song as we... Conclude our time together. If you're here this morning and you pray that prayer, for the first time saying, yeah, Jesus, I want to say yes to that call. I really want to encourage you this morning to tell someone, if you came to someone, say, hey, that was me. I, I said yes to that call so that they can encourage you and help you. Come and tell one of us. If you're here this morning, just say, look, that was for me. I prayed that prayer. I want to know more. We'd love to give you a Bible gift pack. In it, It's just a Bible and some information to help you on your journey. We'd love to encourage you, get some other people around you as well for that journey. If you're online, just reach out to your host this morning. Just say, hey, that was me. I said yes to Jesus this morning. Just let them know or email through to us at hello at you We'd love to connect with you and encourage you, get you into an alpha course, just a great course to help you on your journey of faith as well. Um, so make sure you do that this morning if, if you prayed that prayer, you knew it was you. So why don't we step?